is hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh yeah, hello and welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush, fired up to be with you as we are now one week away from the start of Angels Spring Training. Yes, one week from today, Angels pitchers and catchers report out at Tempe, Arizona, and I can't wait to get started with this upcoming season. We got a lot of news to get to. Last week, while we were on the air, uh, some of the details were coming down about Dexter Fowler joining the Angels outfield. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up later on. The Angels have made a couple of other uh, acquisitions as well. Just trying to fill out the roster here uh, in the last few days or so. We're going to break down uh, some of those moves later on in our show. We're also going to go into a new contract for Shohei Otani. In case you guys uh, haven't heard, Shohei Otani assigned a two-year deal, $8.5 million, and avoids arbitration uh, for the Angels. We spoke with Angels GM Perry Manassian uh, just the other day, and we will hear uh, from Perry some of his thoughts on just how that deal came together. I think some pretty interesting stuff uh, we're going to have for you there. And... Our special guest here on our show today, Angels outfielder Joe Adele. Now, it's no secret that Joe struggled in his Major League debut season in 2020, and it was one of those years that for Joe, I think there was a lot that could be learned. And, you know, I said this to Joe when we had our conversation, and I'll say it now. I think the 2020 season, for so many people, was kind of a wash. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can get out of uh, that season. However, there are a couple of cases where I think playing last year was really important. I would say guys coming off of injuries last year was very important, and also for players making their major league debut. And so we also uh, talked with Joe Adele about what he was able to learn from that experience to be able to uh, get to the major league level and what he's going to be able to do moving forward at the big league level. He's got some pretty interesting new things that he's working out, uh, that he's doing in his workouts now, getting ready to improve his defense and just getting excited uh, for this 2021 campaign. So uh, our conversation with Joe Adele uh, in just a moment, because this has been a really a full week of Angels baseball. And, you know, we kind of saw this coming with, with how quiet things were in, in November and December. You had a feeling things would start to heat up. Uh, in January, and then at the end of last week, uh, really the biggest domino has dropped so far with Trevor Bauer uh, signing with the Dodgers on a, on a you know crazy deal um, that's uh, pretty unique. So, you know, that's kind of the big domino. There's still a handful of other free agent starting pitchers that are out there. Um, You know, we saw some, you know, the Padres made some of the big trades earlier in the winter. Uh, But it's just kind of an offseason where everything is just kind of getting pushed here to the 11th hour. And and not just so much for the Angels, as much as every team in baseball. Things have kind of gone that direction. And and I got to hand it to Angels' new GM, Perry Manazian, who's put together what I think is a a really sneaky good offseason. There have been a lot of uh, pretty interesting pickups that uh, the Angels Angels have made. All right, we're going to talk about some of those pickups later in the show, but first, here now our conversation with Angels outfielder Joe Adele. All right, joined now by Angels outfielder Joe Adele, hanging with us via Zoom uh, here today. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> Brother, I'm doing well, man. And yourself? 
Yeah, we're doing well. Doing well. I'm just ready for baseball season to start. Now they got the Super Bowl behind us. Baseball's on deck. So I, I love this time of year uh, for those reasons. Uh, Joe, what kind of stuff have you been working on lately? I mean, what's, uh, what, what is this time of year like for you? Man, I'll tell you what, the, uh, you know, me, I, I don't try to take a whole lot of time off from, from gym stuff right after the season. You know, I get myself probably two and a half, maybe three weeks, man, and I'm, I'm back in there. Uh, I've kind of changed, you know, this offseason, the way I'm, I'm going about, you know, lifts and, and workouts. I'm doing a lot more of um, kind of a, I would say, football-type workouts in a, in a sense. A lot of uh, cuts and cones and football-type drills where I'm – you know, going side to side, working, uh, working footwork and whatnot, just trying to make myself, you know, the best athlete I can. You know, that's my goal every offseason, you know, coming into spring and, and um, you know, making the move out to Arizona was big for me because, you know, I can, I can put on cleats and get outside, you know, way before baseball season starts. So um, that's been big for me so far. That's interesting to do like football kind of training stuff, just in increasing athleticism and all that. Where does, where does that come from? <laughs> so it's funny, you know, I was, I was sitting and talking, uh, you know, with my trainer and, you know, out here and, and some of the things that, um, that, that we, that we talked about was, you know, Hey, like put my, let's put myself in a position, you know, to work on, you know, all aspects of the game, you know, what, what could possibly happen in a game, you know, and a lot of times when you work on sprint work and stuff like that, you think of straight line stuff. And for me, you know, I know that's not the reality. I know there's different cuts and different things that happen during the baseball game. Um, change of direction and whatnot so you know three or four times a week man I, I get out on the I, I get on grass and actually I'm able to work that type of stuff so you know I'm able to do cuts and and cones and change of direction um, five ten five drills the whole nine yards and just put myself in a position where you know I'm always you know able to move quickly and 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 laterally and you know able to really push you know, that level of athleticism and quickness. So I really try to make that a point uh, this offseason for me, um, especially, you know, wanting to put myself in a position to be able to play all three spots, you know, if I have to. So um, that's, that's really been the big adjustment, you know, this offseason as well as, you know, the strength and, and conditioning stuff. That, that, that's fascinating to hear uh, you talk about that too. And like, you know, we can talk a little bit about the 2020 season and clearly, uh, you know, there are things that I know that you were spending some time working on in the outfield. And I saw at times Joe Madden would be out there work with you and, and wanting to improve on the defensive side. So did you feel like, or do you feel like that, Hey, if, if I was able to, to make better cuts and get to different spaces quicker, just from a physical standpoint, that that was going to help you? Or did you feel like there were some things like reactionary too, that, that you're still trying to work on? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I would say, you know, I, I, you know getting up to the big leagues and, and, you know, playing the field, you know, kind of knowing the stadiums and knowing the fields is like one thing that's, you know, I think, um, you know, overlooked a lot of the times when you start talking about outfield play, just because, you know, you have to know how a field plays really to know how to play it. You know, so a lot of, you know, a lot of the fields that we played at when I first got up, it was kind of me getting used to the layout and, you know, where the warning track is and how the field plays more so than anything else. But yeah, I would say, you know, when I did, you know, get to a level of comfort where I kind of, especially at home yeah. um, at the stadium, when I, I, I kind of started to figure out, you know, how the right field played, you know, how the wall played, that type of stuff still felt like I was drifting a little bit, um, you know, not getting, you know, under the balls as, as quickly as I wanted to. So 
you know, as, as, as a guy you know, like myself who wants to take notes on everything and, and try to improve on everything, that was one of the things I noticed and, and wanted to take to the next level. So I made it a point to try to figure out a way to, to get that under control and to figure that out. And, and, and one of the things that I came up with, you know, like I said, was, hey, you know, what if I just went to this offseason, you know, <laughs> thinking that, you know, I'm training to be a wide receiver, mm. you know, and that I'm just going to go and that I'm just going to grind it out and I'm going to figure out, you know, how to make myself, you know, as quick as I can, you know, at the drop of the hat um, to put myself in the best position to make, you know, most plays a can of corn, you know what I mean? And, sure. and so that's kind of, that's been the mindset for me. Um, and it, it's helped so much. Um, you know, a lot of the sprint work and stuff that I've done has been short burst stuff. So, you know, the first, you know, straight line sprints that we do, it's, it's for 10 yards. You know, how fast can I get going in 10 yards? So really just trying to get, um, you know, that going, you know, getting the tempo up, getting that first step. And, um, you know, all you really need is, is your, your feet and a cone for that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely old school grinding for sure. I like it. Uh, we're talking with Joe Adele right now, Angels outfielder. Uh, Joe, for 2020, in, the, in that baseball season, if you could even call it that, I think for many people, there was not a whole lot to gain from the 60-game season. For some, sure. And I would say you were probably in the group where there was a ton to gain uh, from the experience of getting to the major league level and figuring things out. What were some of your takeaways from last season, just as, as you've now had a little bit of time to reflect on it and just what were you able to get out of last season? You know, I, it's, it's kind of crazy because it was, you know, for me, I, I still say, you know, the 2020 season was great for me because it allowed me to kind of to get into, um, you know, a mode where, you know, there wasn't fans, you know, it was, you know, more of a, Obviously, you're still grinding. You're, you're, you know, you're trying to put W's up on the board. You're trying to, you know, move the team along and, and trying to, you know, uh, produce. Um, but it was more of kind of, you know, a laid back stretch of like, hey, you know, we have 60 games. Um, you know, there's no fans. Focus on your game. Focus on what you can do and what you can add to the team and whatnot. Kind of gave me a, you know, more relaxed version of the big leagues, I guess you could say. Yeah. in a way. So it, it does let you kind of go out and play your game and, and kind of limit the outside distractions. Um, you know, but I will say, yeah, it, it gave me an opportunity to learn a lot. Um, and, you know, I think the other thing that was kind of cool was, um, it, you know, without having fans, without having as much noise in the stands, it kind of gave me, you know, the chance to, you know, communicate with Trouty and whatnot and kind of mm -hmm. figure out, you know, where we were at in the same page. Um, and kind of, you know, like I said, obviously, like the game's played at a certain speed, but in a way, it kind of was able to slow down just a little bit to be able to, um, you know, grasp the concepts and what's going on. I will say, though, that um, it definitely is, is more of a chess match in the box. You know, it, it really is. I mean, when you talk about making decisions at the plate, uh, what you want to swing at, you know, what you're thinking about, um, you know, every pitch matters. You know, and that's kind of the thing that I got out of the season was that, um, you know, reading the scouting reports and understanding kind of how a guy would pitch you is really important is like knowing that in the back of your mind and knowing that, you know, if, if he's going to give me something to hit, it's going to be this, you know, it's not going to be the fastball over the middle of the plate. You know, he's going to give me a slider that I can handle. And um, just being able to break that down and, and talk with, you know, veteran players like Pujols, Trouty, you know, Rendon, all these guys that, 
um, have been here and, and done this stuff for years, um, you know, it gives me good insight on how I want to set up my bat. So as, as things were, as time was going throughout the season, I was definitely able to continue to pick up little pieces of stuff that, you know, I want to, you know, add as, to my game as I continue to go forward. Um, and it also allowed me a chance to, um, you know, try different things out, you know, and it not feel um, so overwhelming, you know, to, to do something new, you know, in a game. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I tell you what, it, it was a blessing for sure. Well, that's kind of, what you just brought up there is kind of what I want to talk about next, just because at the same time, like you've waited your whole life to get to the big leagues and then you get to the major leagues and it was, it was tough last, last season, um, tough figuring out those adjustments and, you know, you're having these conversations with great players, but at the same time, and you know, I'm sure all the coaches, everyone's trying to help it as much as everybody possibly could, but at the same time, that's a lot of intake that you're trying to figure out on the fly while still trying to get through a major league season, even though it wasn't a normal season by any means. But what was the challenge like in that when you're trying to take in all this information and process it in a way that can be like, that can be helpful. Cause I, I think about like my golf swing, if I'm in the middle of a round and somebody's telling me, Oh, well you got to do this, do that. I'm going to be a disaster the rest of the way, but maybe after the round, if I figure some things out next time I go out, things can be better. Is it, is it similar in baseball? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I always, I always say this, um, you know, definitely my dad coaches uh, high school kids back in, the, back in Louisville. That actually, he coaches at the high school that I went to. And I always talk to them about, you know, no matter, you know, what type of advice you get or how much you get, always have like a level of, you know, give and take where you can sit there and say that, okay, um, I don't want this piece of information. It doesn't really work for me. I've tried it. I'm going to sit this aside, but Hey, I like this thought process of, you know, how they're talking about, you know, going about this swing. Um, but I will say that, um, you know, for me, I was able to kind of, kind of do that um, in a way. Yeah. There was some, you know, information coming from different directions or whatnot. Um, but I like that, you know, I like having different thoughts on, on different, you know, parts of my game and, you know, just baseball in general. So, you know, I'm a guy that likes to hear that information and likes to, um, you know, decide, you know, try something out, you know, I'm not afraid to try something new out, you know, in a game or on the field, because it's like, hey, you know, in baseball, you get a lot of games and, and why not, you know, so I, I've always been kind of an open book to like, giving stuff a new shot. And obviously, if something feels like it's not going to play at all, or not, and I can't put it into my mm -hmm. game swing, or, you know, outfield setup, or whatever it might be, then I'm probably gonna have to sit it on the back burner. But um, yeah, you know, there was a lot of information, a lot of stuff coming my way, but I, I kind of expected that though. You know, I kind of was, you know, looking, uh, uh, looking forward to that. Like I knew that was coming. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. You know, obviously, you know, for me, I, I didn't perform at the level that I wanted to. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, you talk about a 60 game sprint, um, you know, my first stint in the big leagues uh, during a season, which, you know, was a COVID year that had spring training bang, you know, one time already during the season. Yeah. So yeah, it was tough, man. You know, you, you ramp up one time to get ready to go for the season and then it gets canceled and you try to figure out a way to stay, um, stay hot and then they bring it back. So it, it was, uh, it was weird. It was a weird year, you know, but we tried to make the most out of it, man. We did the best we could with it. I, I know I did. You know, I tried to get myself at, at a point where, you know, I was ready to go out and compete at a high level. Um, but it's baseball, man. You can say whatever you want, but you know, it's going to go South at some point, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you, that's when you have to go back to the lab and that's what makes the game great 
is that yeah. it's not always, you know, you, you don't always come out, you know, even with your best stuff, with your best swing and perform. Sometimes you just get got. So uh, for me, it was definitely um, good for me to take those notes and go back and, 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 and go to the lab this offseason and, and figure some of those things out and figure out, hey, I remember going through this. How do I prevent this from happening this year? Or, you know, hey, I remember, you know, getting beat on a ball here, you know, over and over again. How do I, you know, bounce back from this? But I would say it's the type of adversity that I live for. I live for that. You know, I, I want that because that's the stuff that drives me and that's what drives my game is, you know, having those type of failures and being able to come back and say, okay, this is what the experience was. Now I'm going to change it. Now I'm ready. John, I'd imagine pretty much your whole life you've been the best player on every team you've ever been on, I'd imagine. Have you ever kind of dealt with, with having struggles like that before? Oh, absolutely, man. It's just funny because um, one of the biggest struggles of my life, you know, coming through baseball before even the draft hit or anything was the fact that um, a lot of people thought I, I couldn't hit. You know, so that was always something that, you know, I was I was a pitcher, you know, coming through, you know, my my years. So I, you know, a lot of teams would ask me to come play during travel ball tournaments um, as a pitcher, but they wouldn't let me hit. Interesting. And it kind of and it bothered me, you know, because yeah. I loved hitting. Um, I loved hitting, um, you know, more than I did pitching. I loved the competitiveness of pitching. I, you know, getting on the mound and competing one-on-one was something that, you know, I really enjoyed, but the actual like art of making pitches just wasn't my thing. Um, but yeah, that was something that bothered me and, and, and kind of motivated me throughout my whole um, youth years of playing was like, Hey, I want to, I want to show you, you know, that, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm actually a hitter, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that, that can produce. And so, you know, come around my sophomore, junior year of high school, is really when I started to show, you know, that side of my game. Because, I, you know, every year I went into the offseason going, you know, these, these guys think that I can't play. They think that I can't hit. And it bothered me. And so, like, that was that motivation for me. That was the first, you know, time when I sat down and said, okay, this is unacceptable. I'm not going to let, um, you know, anyone, you know, doubt me at the play. And that's what kind of drove my, you know, career as an, as an outfielder um, hitter um, was that you know, was not being able to play on teams because they wanted me to pitch, but I wanted to hit, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yes, I, I've dealt with, with plenty of adversity and whatnot in, yeah. in different areas. So, you know, coming to the season and, and dealing with it like this was, you know, something that, you know, I had, I had experienced similar before. Um, and so that's the type of stuff that fires you up and makes you want to get after it even more. So, Man, I, I couldn't ask for anything better than that. <laughs> Joe, as you get ready for the start of the 2021 season now, there, there's been a lot of talk, uh, I mean, uh, chatter from everybody about where you should be to start the, this upcoming season. I'd imagine you're doing everything you can to make, make sure that you're a part of the big league club. And, and Angels GM Perry Manassian has said that you are going to have an impactful role in 2021 at the big league level. Um you've played more games at the major league level than you have even at triple a. So when you're thinking about getting ready for this season, do you think that there could be something to the fact that there are, there are ways to get more seasoning um, that you feel like, you know, you might need to be able to perform better at the big league level? Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things where for me, I, I, I want to play baseball, you know, I want to go out and play and, you know, wherever I'm put is wherever I'm put. And, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten it. I've been in that mindset for years now, ever since I got in was, you know, just that, hey, things are going to figure themselves out. 
and wherever I'm I'm put at the time to you know play my game is is where I'm going to be, and you know I'm going to put all everything I got forward for it. You know whether it's you know in Salt Lake, whether it's in the big league level, you know whether it's you know double A. It doesn't it, for me. It doesn't matter as long as I'm out there competing and working on my craft and trying to get better. I mean, it could be I could be playing in the Sandlot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's just that's yeah. where I'm at. I I, I just I want to get so good at this game and it doesn't matter for me where it is you know obviously yeah you know we want at the big league level um but you know those decisions are out of my hands you know and and one thing that you know we talked about as a family you know when I got into pro ball was you know control what you can control you know we talk about that all the time I talk about it I live by it and and those are the things I can control you know I can control my workouts how hard I go at it um you know, and I can control, you know, the attitude and the effort I put towards it, you know, during the games and, you know, how I treat teammates and whatnot. And those are the things that I'm going to roll forward with. And wherever I am, I'm going to put my best foot forward, you know, and that's that's what it's going to be. So, um, you know, I'm a, obviously it's, it's up in their hands to make those decisions, but that's definitely going to be my part. Speaking of your teammates, I saw the Instagram video. I, I don't know who posted it, you or Marshy, but, uh, but, but you and Brandon Marsh hanging out, taking some big old hacks in the cage. And what was that, an airport pickup you were doing? I mean, how, how's that bromance going these days? <laughs> oh, man, it's awesome, man. He's, he's staying with me out here because we're on similar schedules. Um, so, yeah, we work out, man, hit together the whole nine. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to have the bash bro back and my brother. So, <laughs> I'll tell you it. what, man, I mean, I mean, that energy and chemistry, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's just unbelievable. You know, we, we honestly, you know, we talked about this the other night. It's like we know what each other's, you know, thinking, you know what I mean, at this point, you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy, you know, how the bond builds like that. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely excited to get out on the field with him and, you know, get rolling. I mean, you know, we, we just click, man. Sometimes, it, you know, it's, it's just like that. You know, you find a guy, you know, that – you know, is on the same level that you're at, you know, is on the same energy level, you know, when they come out and, and, and that's how we are, you know, we, we play high energy, we play with a lot of fun and, and that's the, what we're trying to bring into the clubhouse, you know, is that type of energy and that type of vibe. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited that he's out here and, and um, it, it's going to be exciting to get rolling with. Man, I'm happy to hear that. I'm excited for baseball season to be back. Joe, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us and, and reflect a little bit and uh, look ahead to what could be a pretty exciting 2021 season. Joe, thank you so much, man. Absolutely, Trent, brother. All right, so there you go. Angels outfielder Joe Adele. You know, the Adele dilemma, I don't even want to call it a dilemma. I just think it's an interesting case because this is your top prospect that came up in a really unique season and struggled last year. But, I mean, this guy's got so much potential. And when you are rated as high as Joe has been rated, like, that doesn't come from nowhere. Like, that's got to be – there's got to be something there. And, I mean, you hear Joe talk about, you know, what he's doing, and you can just kind of imagine his work ethic and things that he's working on. And, and this is somebody that, that understands where things went wrong a season ago, and he's doing all he can to get this right. So I, I'm rooting for Joe Adele, um, and, and it's in uh, everybody's best interest to see if Joe can turn this thing around. And, and you know, Perry Manassian did say, you know, in a press conference um, just last week, that Joe Adele is going to be a big part of the Angels' future in 2021. Though Joe Madden has said that, you know, Joe, 
might be better served to start AAA, uh, start the season in AAA, and I think Perry is kind of on board with that. And and I am kind of a, a subscriber to that philosophy too, because as I mentioned, he's played more games at the big league level than he did even at AAA. And I think with a little bit more seasoning, and if this guy is going to be able to, to reduce that strikeout rate, and you heard him talk about the sequences in at-bats and the way that you approach um, an at-bat as a big leaguer uh, compared to being in, in AAA, I think that getting the taste of that um, and the struggles there and then being able to have a full offseason to work on some of those things, and then if he can get just a little bit more experience at AAA to then get into the big leagues now later this season, man, I, I just think that, that Joe can be really special. Um, and, you know, the potential's there. He, he's got to get to it. He's got to live up to that. That did not happen in 2020. But, you know, there's still a ton of potential with this guy. And hearing him work on his defense, too, I, I thought it was really interesting that he's taken more, you know, doing football drills and, and working on that athleticism. And I just thought it was fascinating. And I appreciate it to Joe sharing those details with us. So if Adele does end up starting the season in the minor leagues, the Angels uh, did add a outfielder just the other day, bringing on Dexter Fowler uh, a week ago. Now, Dexter Fowler, you know, he's a career 260 hitter. He only hit 230 last year, and he's one of those cases, again, I'm, I'm not looking too much into 2020 numbers, but you're also not expecting Dexter Fowler to tear the cover off the ball. But, you know, he can play a solid right field for you. There's familiarity with Joe Madden. Remember, in 2016, when, when Fowler was on that Cubs team, he led the National League in runs scored that year. So, you know, this is a guy that has the ability to get on base and cross home plate, and that that's important. And I, I understand that, you know, uh, sometimes getting a lot of runs is outside of that player's control, but the more you're on base, the better chances you're going to have at doing that. He's a good base runner. He's a savvy player, and he is somebody that can really be a luxury for the Angels because he provides a stopgap in some ways until when Joe Adele was able to come up or Brandon Marsh, who we're talking about there at the end. Maybe Brandon Marsh gets into that mix as well. It's going to be very interesting to see, but for the Angels to be able to have somebody like Fowler that's going to give them major league quality. And Fowler probably is going to be, you know, he's probably going to be the eight or nine hitter in the Angels lineup. Just, just kind of scripting it out because you're, I'm assuming you're going to have David Fletcher there at the top. Man, you, you got some speed at the bottom of the order. I mean, Fowler can, can bring a lot for the Angels. And, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, and more than anything else, he gives the Angels a chance to let. Guys in the system develop, and namely Adele and Marsh, who can be outstanding big leaguers. Just got to give them a little bit more time. So um, I like the Fowler move uh, for that reason. The Angels also signed a fourth outfielder, Juan Lagares, who um, this is somebody that's won a gold glove before. He won a, a gold glove in 2014. So the Angels essentially bring on a fourth outfielder that's a gold glover. So somebody like that is only going to help, and you're not worried about trying to get that guy a ton of at-bats or whatever. Maybe he ends up being a defensive replacement uh, late in games because that was an area of concern for the Angels a season ago. Uh, their outfield defense, just as a whole, and it wasn't any one person. It was, as a whole, the Angels' outfield defense was not very good a season ago. That is, outfield defense and bullpen could have made the runs allowed stat look a whole lot better if those categories were at least average. If the Angels had an average bullpen last year and if their outfield defense played at an average level, I, I think that even with some of the starting pitching woes, that this bullpen or this team would have allowed a lot less runs and probably could have been a playoff team uh, in the last uh, season's race. The Angels also signed a utility player as well, a minor league contract, but uh, does give a little bit more depth um, in what he's able to bring. 
And that's Phil Gosselin, a utility guy from uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, it was funny. Ruben Amaro Jr. actually weighed in on this, responding to Mark Gubiza uh, in a comment. You know, a couple of Philly boys there. Uh, Amaro says that uh, Gosselin's a quality bat off the bench, solid utility value, excellent professional and great teammate. Nice sign by the Angels. And that's from another GM there in Ruben Amaro Jr. So uh, cool to hear. Uh, that nice that we got a little scouting report via Twitter from uh, Ruben Amaro Jr. Uh, via Mark Gubaza there. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, way to go, Gooby. Way to go, Gooby, to get that scouting report. Uh, that is well done. Uh, I mentioned you know the, the playoffs a season ago and where the Angels are projected to be this upcoming season. We're starting to see some more of the projections, uh, or the the predictions and the projections that are coming out. And Picado, who's you know really pretty widely considered to be top dog when it comes to making these kind of projections, they see the Angels as an 87-win team and as a wild-card team this upcoming season. They see the Angels finishing second in the American League West behind the Houston Astros and being one of the two wild-card teams. So that's interesting to me I and mean, encouraging to me that uh, there are some people uh, outside of, of Angels baseball that are taking a look at this group and saying, okay, well, they have a chance uh, to be a, a playoff contender. Now, I will say last year, Picada also had the Angels at 87 wins. And, you know, I, I don't even chalk that up to being a, a failure necessarily as far as the projection goes because we only saw 60 games. And I think the improvement the Angels made in the month of September was telling and it makes you just think, man, if, if you would have played a full 162-game season, how different could things have been uh, for the Angels in 2020? But now an opportunity in 2021. And again, all, you know, Angels' new GM, Perry Manazian, has had to fill in a ton of areas. And, and yes, starting pitching was first and foremost, but complete revamp of the bullpen, which, by the way, the Angels made an ad on that front as well. And that was when they made a trade earlier this week to bring on Aaron Sledgers from Tampa Bay. You know, Sledgers had a 3-4-6 ERA last year for the Rays, pitched well in the postseason, gave up just one run in five innings in the playoffs last year, and pitched to a 1-8-9 ERA in his uh, last 10 appearances in Tampa a season ago. Uh, I think he's something like six foot ten and 280 pounds. Like, he's a big boy. Doesn't throw, like, super hard. He's not overpowering, but, he, you know, he pitches to soft contact, gets a lot of ground balls, and that's an encouraging pickup and that uh, could be a part of the Angels' bullpen uh, there in a trade for either cash or a player to be named later uh, with Tampa Bay. So, like I was saying, Perry Manazian has done a good job of completely revamping the bullpen, improving the starting rotation by bringing in, you know, proven major league arms and Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb. I think that everybody would love to see another arm, sure, but I think even with what's there, I think that Manazian has done a good job. You had to fill your shortstop position, replacing Andrelton Simmons. Um, you had to figure out what's going to happen in right field while Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh might need a little bit more time to mature. You do that by bringing on uh, Fowler and then Lagares, who is a fourth outfielder type. You add on a utility man with David Fletcher now being an every day player. I just think that there's a lot of things that Manazian had to do this offseason, and he's done them all. I mean, and this this Angels team um, is going to look a lot different in 2021 than they did in 2020. It's a lot of new faces around, but I, I think the Angels have done a really good job uh, in putting together a team that's going to be ready to compete here for a championship uh, coming in this 2021 season. I also wanted to mention this for a moment. We talked at the top about uh, Shohei Otani uh, $8.5 million, two-year deal. Otani was up for arbitration, and the Angels and Otani missed the arbitration deadline. So generally speaking, um, when that happens, then you have to go to arbitration, and, and you know, essentially a judge will determine, okay, what are you supposed to get paid? And 
the Angels put in a number for what they think his raise should be, and, and Otani's representatives put in a number what, for what they think that his raise should be, and then an arbiter essentially decides, okay, what's it going to be? Well, um, I don't know how you do that with Shohei Otani, just because you know, you're talking about somebody that was a rookie of the year, but somebody that also has dealt with injuries the last couple of seasons, and we haven't really gotten to see true Shohei for a while. And on top of that, he's the first true dual-threat player since Babe Ruth. I mean, we haven't had a two-way player in 100 years, and Shohei Otani is that. So how are you supposed to figure out a comp to have to send to an arbiter to figure this out? That would have got, that could have gotten really messy, and sometimes arbitration hearings can get really ugly. Um, I, I wouldn't expect this one to, but, but that can happen. Now all of that is avoided, and you don't have to worry about this next year as well by you know kind of doing an unorthodox thing and giving Shohei Otani a two-year contract for $8.5 million. I think that was a really savvy move uh, by the Angels. Good for Shohei Otani as well. I mean, Shohei got his money, but I also think it's, it's a, a move of good faith by the Angels as well because they didn't have to give him a two-year deal when he's an arbitration-eligible player, and, uh, and they did. So I thought that worked out. And here's Angels GM Perry Manassian talking about uh, how this deal kind of came together. On the one-year deal, I think we just ran out of time. Obviously, it's a unique case. But you know, as we further discussed and talked about a multi-year deal, we felt like, um, you know, obviously this, this number lined up over a two-year deal. And there's risk and reward for both sides. And it made sense. It made sense for us. It obviously made sense for them. And I'm ecstatic we were able to get a deal done. The biggest thing here is that arbitration is now avoided, which can be one of the most complex dilemmas in the game of baseball. But in many ways, it's an act of good faith by the Angels. They didn't have to give him two years. It's a slightly backloaded deal, too. That leaves a little bit more room under the luxury tax for 2021. And now no one has to go through this again next year. But most importantly for Shohei, it's his health and what we can expect to see from him on the field. And Manazian had only good news to report. He's feeling great. He's ready to go. You know, I think I think mentally, physically, you know, he's he's definitely definitely put in the work, and and that's what's pretty impressive is just the the amount of time and energy this guy puts into his craft. You know, when you combine that with the talent, you know, I, I think we feel like he's going to be a huge part of this club and and help us win games in multiple ways, and we believe he's a difference-maker type player. Yeah, I think he is too. Shohei Otani has a chance to be great. He's got to prove it. He's got to earn that. Uh, we saw it his rookie season, and I, I think that this year uh, you give him the, the, the honest shot to be a true two-way guy. Let's see how this thing goes. Maybe it's a two-year uh, example now with a two-year contract, but I, I think that the Angels, I think we're still waiting to see a full season of true two-way show A, and I think that could come uh, this season. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks to Howard Drescher uh, for putting this show together, helping us with that over at AM830, your station for Angels Baseball. Make sure to tune in, AM830, each and every day. Roger Lodge, host of Sports Lodge. I got my updates in the morning. We're usually talking Angels Baseball there with the sports page reports uh, every hour on the hour for your morning drive. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Check out some of our other podcasts. Podcast. We've had some really cool conversations as of late. We had David Fletcher uh, on earlier. Loved our chats with Kurt Suzuki, also Mark Gubazo. We've had some good stuff uh, on the Angels Recap Podcast, so be sure to go check out uh, some of those previous shows as well. For everybody at the Angels Recap Podcast, my name is Trent Rush. Thanks for listening. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast. <laughs>